0: Thank you. So great to be with you at the hills. I love this church. And I want to give a shout out to everybody that's watching online and to Southlake and to West Fort Worth. Barbie's with me today. That's my wife. And we get to travel all over the world and go to all kinds of churches. But when we get to the hills, we just feel like we're at home. And I want to thank you for your hospitality and the way that you've reached out to us. And I want to thank you for letting us be a part of the Renew Weekend. And I want to also say on behalf of everybody that uh, is a ministry, is a charity, is a nonprofit, who is a recipient of your generosity, I want to say thank you. I know that I personally could not do what I do without the members of the Hills. Thank you a trillion times. I wear orange. I wear orange all the time. Let me tell you why that is. One day I was in the Olinda Slum, which is in the area of Kisumu, Kenya. And I was walking around the streets there, and it is the most diseased place in the entire planet. They say that every other person is HIV positive. And so I was walking there, and a bunch of AIDS orphans, they just surrounded me. And they're crawling on me, they're playing with me, they're doing all kinds of things. And then finally one of them says, did you know that orange is the color of hope for AIDS orphans? And I said, no, I didn't. And he said, well, it is. And then he said, would you wear orange for us? And I said, sure, I'll wear orange for you. And then I really wasn't thinking through his next question. He said, every day? (laughs) And I said, sure. Not remembering that I went to Texas Tech University. (laughs) And we are the Red Raiders. And so... Anyhow, I committed to it, and I wear orange every day. And when I was at Renew uh, weekend two weeks ago where we were having all the serve projects and the gathering that I was in, and we had all those tables that were out there, I was giving away these, uh, these little orange bracelets so people here could also have orange to wear. And on the orange bracelet, uh, there's a word, and it says Tumaini. And Tumaini, it's the Swahili word for hope because orange is the color of hope for AIDS orphans and so anyhow I was passing these around but I wanted to make sure when I came here to the hills that I was passing out the second batch not the first batch of bracelets that I printed and so I passed out all of you the the second batch because on the first batch I nearly spelled to my any correctly I mean I was so close (laughs) and so I'm just going every place passing out these little orange bracelets that say to my any And so, anyhow, I was in Uganda, and in Uganda, they actually speak Swahili, okay? And so I was passing out these bracelets, and so I said, here, you can have a bracelet. And it has the Swahili word for hope on it. And this guy holds up his hand, and he said, that's not the Swahili word for hope. And I said, it's not? And he said, no. I said, well, what is it the Swahili word for? And he said, lust. Now, why couldn't it have been kindness or peace or something like that? And so, my name is Milton Jones, and I travel around the world handing out lust bracelets. (laughs) Well, back when I was at Texas Tech, I studied economics, and I learned a whole lot of things there. But I want to share with you three things that I learned about economics after I left Texas Tech and through life. I had some experiences in Africa. And three things I learned that I call God's economics. And I try to think through these three things every day of my life. And then I try to share them with people anytime that I possibly can. The first thing that happened, it happened in that same slum where I started wearing orange. And uh, I was there talking to a friend of mine. His name is Jared Odionbo. And Jared takes care of 500 AIDS orphans in that slum. And so as I was talking to him, I noticed that there was a kid and he kept staring at me. And I said, Jared, there's a kid over there staring at me. And he said, yeah, because he's wanting to meet you. And I said, well, I like his shirt. You know, he's wearing an orange shirt. And they said, well, that's not really a shirt. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, he knew that you wore orange shirts. And so he went all around the slum trying to ask people to borrow an orange shirt so he could wear it that day when he met me. And so he borrowed this orange shirt, and so he's standing there, and he's wanting to talk to me. And so I said, Jared, tell me about this kid. And he said, well, he's an AIDS orphan. He's lost both of his parents through AIDS. And and he said, and when you go and you look at his back, you'll see this hump. And that's because he has a big tumor on his back. He doesn't have hardly any money, so he doesn't have school fees, so he cannot go to school. And he's, that's why he's here. He's hoping that if he meets you, that you will sponsor him and that he'll get to go to school. And you also notice that he doesn't eat very much because he just doesn't have fun, money. He doesn't have the resources to eat. And he's hoping that if he meets you, you'll help sponsor him and you'll get food to eat regularly. And I said, well, I guess I better go meet this kid. So I walked over, and this little kid in the orange shirt, he's standing there. And so I bent down to shake his hand, and I asked him a question. It's a question every one of you would ask. I know you would. You'd ask him, what's your name, right? So I bent down and to shake his hand, and I say, what's your name? And so he's standing, and he's shaking my hand, and he says, Milton? Really? I thought at first maybe he's calling my name, but no, that's his name, Milton? And I just couldn't believe it. And it just kind of hit me in a very weird way. And I started thinking about the situation I found myself in. Here is little Milton in the orange shirt who really does not even own an orange shirt. And here is big Milton in the orange shirt who has a whole closet full of orange shirts. Here is little Milton in the orange shirt who lost both of his parents through AIDS. Here is big Milton in the orange shirt who did not. Here's little Milton in the orange shirt who has a big tumor on his back. Here is big Milton in the orange shirt who does not. Here is little Milton in the orange shirt who does not get to go to school. Here is big Milton in the orange shirt who's been to school for so many years that he cannot even remember how many years he went to school. Here is little Milton in the orange shirt who doesn't have anything to eat. And here is big Milton in the orange shirt who eats way too much And then I started thinking, why him? Why me? Why him? Why me? And then it dawned on me this. It's the first lesson I learned. I have won the cosmic lottery. By being born, when I was born and where I was born, I have won the cosmic lottery. You know what? I think a lot of you have too. You say, well, you know, I don't have that much. I think you have more than you think you know. You know what? I was looking at this yesterday. If you take the zip code where I'm standing, and if you look up the average income for people who live in this zip code where I'm standing, and you compare that with the rest of the world, you are in the top 1% of money earners in the world you've won the cosmic lottery you and i have and i'm not saying that to make you feel guilty because that doesn't do anybody good i'm saying it to make you feel grateful and to prompt you that you need to give and see jesus said this he said in luke 12 48 he said to whom much is given from him much is expected now let's think that through To whom much is given. Who's he talking about? He's talking about all of us who have won the cosmic lottery, right? And of all the people in the history of the world, no people have had it as good as us. If you look at it financially, economically, I mean, there's no people who have had so much as us. If you look at it spiritually, I mean, think of the spiritual opportunities that we have had. I mean, there's nobody that has as much, especially you here at the hills. I mean, you get to listen to Rick actually every week. I mean, think of the spiritual opportunities and the blessings that you have. And Jesus says, to whom much is given, from him much is expected. And so he's saying, if you've won the cosmic lottery, that God has some expectations on you. But it's not just God who has expectations on you. People look to you, and they see that you are trying to follow in the steps of Christ, and you have won the cosmic lottery, they're going to have some expectations on you. They sure are. I learned this lesson right there one time when I was in the desert in Africa in a place called Turkana. It's in the northwest part of of Kenya. And it's the world's greatest famine. And what you've got to know is that currently it hasn't rained there in eight years. People ask me what happens when it doesn't rain in eight years. People die, and the people are walking miles and miles trying to get some water. And they find these little bitty holes in the ground where some water seeps up, and uh, and they and they drink that water because if they don't drink that water, they're going to die. But that water is so polluted that if they drink it, they are going to die. And so we were there, and we were drilling a water well that one of you helped drill. And we hit water. It was a deep well, and we hit this water. And all of a sudden, here in the middle of the desert, these people have water. And right after we hit that water, I thought of this verse. It's in Psalms uh, chapter 107, verse 35. And see if you don't think this one fits. It says, But the Lord can also turn deserts into lakes and scorched land into flowing streams. And so I said you know what kind of God you've got? They turned and they said, what kind of God do we have? I said, you have a God who can bring water into a desert. And when they heard that, you know what they started doing? They started just jumping up and down and jumping up and down and jumping up and down. And I mean, 30 minutes later, you know what they're doing? They're jumping up and down and jumping up and down. They cannot stop jumping up and down because they have a God who can bring water into the desert. And as they're jumping up and down, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, when's the last time I ever jumped up and down because I had water? Then I realized, I've never jumped up and down because I have water. You know why? I've won the Cosmic Lottery and I expect to have water every place I go. And they could not stop rejoicing because they had water. Well, the chief was there and he was pretty happy about the water. And so he came up to me and he says, I want to thank you for the water. I would like to give you a gift. And I said, Well, thank you. What's the gift? And he says, I would like to give you land. And I said, Well, thank you. And he said, Where do you want your land? And I said, by the water <laughs> and so he gave me land right by the water and then he said well what are you going to do with your land and I said I'm going to start a farm and he said well that's a good idea and so I turned to the people who had gathered around there to see the new water and I said I'm starting a farm here with the land that the chief just gave me and I said I need some farmers and I'll tell you what, who here would be a farmer on my land? And, he sa- and I said, I will pay you with the crops that come from the land if you will farm my land. So I got some volunteers. You see what's happening here? We started off and we get some water. And then we get a farm. And now we've got an economy. And so the chief was liking this a lot and he said, let's take a walk. So we started taking a walk and he said you're doing all this because of Christ, aren't you? And I said, I sure am. I really am doing this because of Christ. And then he asked a question I'll never forget. He said, do you think all my people should become Christians? And I said, not a bad idea. I said, chief, you know what you need? You need a church here. And he said, really? And I said, you see that guy right over there? His name's Samuel. And you know what he is? He's a church planter. And I'm going to ask Samuel to plant a church right here where we've got all this new water. And we've got a farm going. It, we need a church here. And he said, well, thank you. So we kept walking. And I looked ahead, and there was this tree. And I don't know why there's a tree in the middle of the desert. But in the middle of this desert, there's this big tree. And I looked down at the bottom of the tree, and there's all these children who were sitting under the tree. And it looked like there was 200, 250 people, just these little children, sitting under a tree. And I don't know why they're there. So I I asked the chief, I said, why are these children here and who are they? And he said, well, these are famine orphans. All of them have lost their parents in this famine. And then I said, well, what are they doing under this tree? And he said, I dumped them there. I said, you dumped them there in the middle of the desert under a tree? And he turned to me and he said this, where would you have dumped them? See, I've never been asked that question before. i never been asked where I dumped 200 orphans. I've never been asked that. And he says, where would you have dumped them? And he said, I dumped them here because I thought you would help them. You see, they're just waiting here for you to help them. And that's the lesson I learned. That's the second lesson, that people are just waiting on me to help them. And maybe it seems like that's unfair, a bunch of people just waiting on you to help them. No, it's not unfair. It's exactly what Jesus promised me in Luke chapter 12. He told me that if I won the cosmic lottery, if he blessed me immensely, there'd be all kinds of expectations of me. And all these people, the chief, these kids, they just have expectations. They're recognizing somebody that's won the Cosmic Lottery. They know there's some expectations. So did I help him? Did I help all those kids? Of course I did. Of course I did. You know why? Because I've won the Cosmic Lottery. And I have friends like you who have won the Cosmic Lottery. And I have a God who has more power than the problems of children who sit under trees. And so and so, I helped him. And I realized that people are just waiting on me to help. Listen to this in Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. It says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when you already have it with you. And he says here, Don't withhold good from whom it is due. When it's in your power to act. And I know there's some situations I don't have the power to act or to help with that problem. But he's saying, if you do, if you can help, don't withhold your help. He says, don't say, come back tomorrow and I'll help you out. He says, don't do that. If you can help today, if you have things with you right now that can help. And you see, I've got to be honest. When I saw all these kids under the tree, I wanted to say, well, when I, I'm going to go back to the United States and I'm going to think about this. I'm going to go back to the United States, and I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to go back to the United States, and I'm going to see how much money I've got, and then I'll decide whether I'm going to help them. And Jesus is, I mean, the Bible's telling us here, that's not the way to do it. If you've got the resources to help, then help then. Third lesson I learned, it happened in Eldoret, Kenya. And we had a big old children's work there. We were helping all these orphans, and we had planted a church very recently. And so I was over there and I was preaching and I was supposed to preach the next week. And the members of the congregation told me next week is going to be the greatest week in the history of our congregation. And I said, why? And they said, because we're going to have a feast. And I knew the people there and I said, but you don't have enough money to buy food for a feast. And they said, you do. I mean, see, they knew I'd won the cosmic lottery already. They had high expectations that I was going to help, right? So, bought a bunch of food. And they said, we want a cow. We want to have beef Sunday. And I said, okay. So, we went and bought a cow. And they're so proud of this cow. And they are so afraid that somebody's going to steal this cow. So, they take the cow and they put the cow in the church building all week for safety. So Sunday we decided to meet outside. <laughs> it's a small church that has just been planted, but that Sunday we had 800 people because there's a feast that's going to be taking place there. And so after our, we shortened our service to about four hours and uh, <laughs> then we decided that we would eat. So, we had all these tables out there ready to eat, all kinds of food on there. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I really don't like what they eat there. And I really don't need to eat a bunch. So, I'm trying to say, everybody else go first. And I'm hoping I'm going to be at the end of the line, there won't be any food left. And so I said, everybody go first. But they insist. They said, you've got to go first, Milton. And I said, why? And they said, because you preached today and you paid for this food. You're first. I wasn't going to get out of it. So I go through first. And as I say, I don't like the food. I don't need the food. So I just kind of take a little bit and put it on my plate, you know, just a little bit. And then I took my little bit, sat down to eat. And this woman comes up to me and she grabs my plate. And she said, there's hardly anything on your plate. And this is a feast. And then she took my plate and she went back over where they're serving the food. And she starts loading it. I mean, it—it it, it is heaping. I mean there's all kinds of food on this and she brings it back to me and I've got to eat this stuff. And you know they have it they have this stuff that's called ugali. I don't really like it. But I promise the more you eat of it, the bigger it gets. <laughs> I mean, you're just eating it and it's just growing and growing as you eat, you know, pretty soon you can't see over it. It's just getting so big. And and I, I, I just can't finish it. But you gotta finish it, right? Gotta clean your plate. You've got to eat everything on your plate. You've got to do that. You know why you've got to do that? Because my mother told me, you've got to finish everything on your plate. And she told me why? Because children are starving in Africa. (laughs) So I'm trying so hard. I just can't do it. And so I, I see this woman and she's walking down the aisle here and I kind of nonchalantly take my plate and I kind of it out there to her, you know, hoping she'll take it. And I don't have to finish it. And sure enough, she does. She just takes it and just starts walking. And as I see her walking away, I start feeling extremely guilty and I start following her <laughs> to see what's going to happen to my food. And she goes out uh, and there's this big fence around the compound, around the school and the church. And, and she goes over to the fence and she just takes my plate and she holds it over the fence. Just like that. Just holds it over. And so I look on the other side of the fence. You know what's on the other side of the fence? A bunch of little AIDS orphans. They're just jumping and grabbing all the food on my plate with both hands and stuffing it in their mouths. Because they didn't have anything to eat. And that's when it dawned on me the third lesson. The less I consume, the more there is for others. You get it? The less I consume, the more there is for Others. And sometimes I think it's my gift, you know, to consume. I'm just so good at it. (laughs) I can just consume and consume and consume. But you know what? I need to stop or slow down a whole bunch on the consumption because when I do, there's a whole lot more for others. And that's what's happening today, really. We're consuming less. We're decided that I can do with a little bit less so others can have more as we walked around and we saw those renew exhibits those tables those booths every time we'd stop at one we'd see a problem wouldn't we we realized right here in our own community there's a problem that some people needed food we saw across the world there's a problem people are needing food some people don't even have water we realized right here in our own community that children needed a break they needed some help they needed some mentoring We found out as we looked across the world that there were children that weren't even in school. We looked around here just in our own community and there were children who need cared for. There were orphans. We looked across the world and we saw that there were orphans over there. And then we saw that there is a problem of human trafficking. You know, the worst of two worlds coming together in a bad way. Every place we looked... Every booth we went to, we saw a big problem. And all these problems, who we're seeing, seeing them, we are saying that the power of God and the power of God working through his people are greater than any of those problems. And we're going to help. And God is going to help. In 1 John 3, 17, it says, if anyone has material possessions... And sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? You know, we're looking at the flip side of that today because we've seen all these problems, we've seen all these needs, and we've decided we're gonna help. We're gonna help. What does that mean? It means the love of God is in this place. Three lessons. I like to call it God's economics. You've won the Cosmic Lottery. People are waiting on you to help. And the less you consume, the more there is for others. God's economics. Dear Lord, thank you so much for blessing us immensely. You've given us so many blessings. You've given us financial blessings, you've given us spiritual blessings. And we're so grateful. And we thank you a trillion times for the way we've been blessed so much. And Lord, we pray that we'll be convicted in our hearts, that we can consume less, that we can give up some things, that we can sacrifice. And that by doing that, and by the way you touch that, that it helps people. Right here in the community, around the hills, and right here in this larger community that we call our world. And Lord, we take this moment and we call upon your name to help us. We want to give, but we know you can touch this money and do wonderful, great things with it. And so, Lord, we pray that you will bless the money given. And we pray that you'll bless every single one of the ministries, charities, nonprofits that will be recipients of this money. Help them to be able to use it effectively and help it to be money that helps people in their needs and their poverty, but also helps people find you and find the living water. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll anoint everything that we're doing here on this Renew Weekend for your glory and in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Would you thank Milton Jones, please? Thank you, brother. You know, when that child asked Milton if he would wear orange, Milton took it to heart. I've been in his home in Amarillo. I've been in his bedroom. And you can see the glow coming from a corner. That's his closet. I'm not making this up. He's got so much orange in his closet, it glows. His orange is the color of hope. But I'm wearing a green shirt. Because green is the color of help. It takes money to help people. So we're going to have our Renew offering in just a moment. You've got an envelope that looks like this. I hope by now you've filled it out and you've prayed about it. If not, I want you to get it. You'll notice on my envelope, I have filled in every single blank because I've got on the website. I've looked at these ministries. I've been involved in some of these ministries. Every single ministry we're partnering with today helps people legitimately in the name of Jesus. And the reason they're a part of Renew is because they have a track record. You can feel good about whoever you give to today. Every single one of these ministries has proven themselves. They're going to really help people. They're going to do it in the name of Jesus. So I don't know how you choose. I couldn't, so I just said I'm going to help all of them because they're all that powerful. But I want you to pray about it, and I want you to be generous. And every dollar we give today goes away away from this church in the name of Jesus to help people because we have won the lottery we have been blessed don't feel guilty about that but feel responsible own it don't dodge it God trusted you God gave you more than almost anybody in the world because God trusted you and He knew you would use it for good. So I'm going to pray. If the servers will take their place. As soon as that prayer is over. We are going to take up our renew offering. And every dollar we give today. In Jesus name. Goes to help. So Father thank you for trusting us. Thank you for blessing us. And thank you for exposing us. To so many Christ centered partners. Who want to help people in the name of Jesus. So Father, you are the God who does miracles. You are the God that makes deserts turn into lakes. You're the God that can take a few fish and a few loaves. And multiply it to feed multitudes. So take this money, God. And multiply it. For Jesus' sake and glory. Amen.